Welcome back to episode 24 of Baked Cakes with Dick and Bones. What you eating there, Dick? I got some, some apples and some pudding. <laughs> I'm having a you know, good time. We're having a good time. Okay, welcome, ladies and gents, to Baked Cakes with Dick and Bones, episode number 24, yeah. the Kobe edition. Kobe We're back. Edition. I was thinking of a TV show. Remember 24? 24. Took Jack over Power. the world. They took over the world. Episode number 24. We're here. And just like we said last week, we're not sticking to the sports narrative. We know that people want to hear different topics. They want to hear different characters. As, as our, our audience expands, the microcosm that is the sports fans gets smaller, smaller. and smaller. <laughs> so we're hearing you guys. We listen to all your, all your comments you hear on, you say online. We read all your tweets. Yeah. And we're taking you guys into account. That's why we brought two of the most interesting, successful girls that we know. Women. Oh, I'd like to introduce, woman. to my right, Lee. Hi, I'm Lee. And Natalie. Hello. <laughs> okay, I'm bringing you guys in because you're, you, we, got, we go way back, right? Five, yeah. six years? 2013. years. Was it 2013? Seven, holy shit. no? Yeah, 2013. Mm-hmm. So, these, these girls and Dick and Bones and I, we met in the forest of Thailand. Dick and Bones and I. Your bones. In the forest of Thailand. Yeah. And we're on a social justice trip. Right? Yes. Saving yeah. the world. Saving the world. Partying. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> by like glorified partying. Yeah. Saving the world while partying. You don't want to uh, pump up Justify at all? No. <laughs> yes, okay. Justify, so it's a social justice program where it helps girls in Thailand um, plug for just yeah, get plug. out of the human trafficking and the sex work uh, that's very prevalent over there and help them, you know, get jobs, speak English. Get on their feet. Yeah, because education was the best prevention of yes. them falling into. Uh, so we helped build countries. schools. We we helped teach uh, young children English. That was fun. That was a fun it day. Was a lot of so fun. during that trip, Dick and I met these girls and DC. If you've listened to a couple podcasts yeah, yeah. ago, DC yeah. was on that trip. It was really star studded, and these girls went on to have stellar medical careers. So today's episode is about both something that's very near and dear to Rich, to Dick's heart, which is nutrition why diets fail. We're also going to go into the whole obesity as a disease topic, which I know you're very passionate about, Dick. It's very interesting. As yeah. am I. And we're going to finish off with Lee and Natalie's journey into the medical field and their opinions, I guess, in general of the pharmaceutical industri- industries and then any innovations that they're, they see coming up in the next couple of years. And then we're going to finish that off Ooh. with some stories, horror stories. It could be comedy stories, stories from the ER from Lee. And then we're going to finish that off with what else but a... Keep finishing. Big ticks, dick and bones. Activity, activity yeah. Okay. Yeah, we also have great. Brian Winhorst in the, in the booth, and he'll be chiming in periodically. <laughs> okay, Lee, so you've, I've heard that you are a big fan of the show. Yes, I've listened to every single one. That's, that's impressive. And, so you know what we do I, in the beginning of the shows? Yes. What do we do? Candy time. Woo! Candy time. Okay. Just as a preface, I listen Leora, to these every morning at yeah, four thirty in the morning when I'm setting up my rooms. Give us the background on this uh, candy. What do you got? So this, uh, as as Dick and Bones knows, I'm trying to be more health conscious now, and carb conscious. So these smart sweets candies. Smart sweets. They. Represent. I brought two flavors: the fish, the sweet fish, sweet and fish. the sour gummy bears. Not to be confused with our sponsors, Sour Patch Watermelon. Um, 
Fine's coming. Fine's coming. Can you hold on? Okay, yeah. So there's swill. Uh, sour that health? patch are better. What do we consider these? <laughs> health gummies. These are these are healthy. I mean, they're not to be replaced for real food, but they have 35 carbs and 28 grams of fiber. So fiber is what it's all about. A lot of fiber. Seven grams of net carbs. So okay, so let's get into the candy. Would you say it's a good substitute for Swedish fish? Yes. Definitely. Okay. High expectations. It's, it's it's definitely good for okay, healthy Okay, one candy. fish. There you go. Everyone knows the rules. Matt. Your fish. Here we go. Wow, Ooh. this is immediately slimier. I was about to say slimy. It's the first word that comes not, to mind. Not, 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 not optimistic about this one. You can compare it to the like Swedish fish. All right, we're going in. Swedish right, right, fish right, has like a nice, like harder texture. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it tastes good. Oh, mm-hmm. it tastes like a like a fruit snack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Welch's fruit snack texture, sort of. For something that has 28 grams of fiber, I mean, I think it's excellent. Yeah, I think that's true, but comparing it to the grates. No. What does that mean, by the way? Does that mean that it's something with fiber? What do like, they That use? means this is like it has some three quarters of fiber. More than three quarters. Right, so how, but it's gummy. They ha- it has some, let's look at the ingredients. One of the ingredients, um, well, they use a... This is the deepest we've ever gotten. <laughs> tapioca, We're going to have to move tapioca on. Tapioca fiber. We're bringing okay. in We're the, first, <laughs> the first topic of the podcast, which... Wait, none of us scored it. Oh, we score it. What do you got, Lee? Huh? Quick score, oh. one to ten. I, I really like these. Okay, I'll give it a seven. Yeah, me Round number, rookie, rookie score. score. Natalie, what do you got? A seven. Seven even. Copy the rookie score. Dick, what do you got? I give it a um, six one. It's all right. Yeah, it's like a, on the regular scale, it's like a 5.4. On the healthy yeah, yeah, yeah. scale, on the healthy scale it's, a, it's like a nine. You know, great. What's, what do we compare it to? What else? Oh, yeah, what there else is nothing healthy? to compare it to. Right. That's why it's so good. Okay, we're into the first topic of our podcast. We're talking about obesity, okay? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people like to use this buzzword um, and these facts, but I'm just going to lay out the facts. Uh-huh. One third of America, one third, yeah. one in every three people yep. are now considered obese. Wow. Okay? That is correct. So obviously we need, to, I, we need to define what obesity is, first of all. Yep. So by the book, let me, let me lay this out for you guys and you could go at it. By the book, overweight people are defined by their body mass index, right? Mm-hmm. Their BMI. Mm-hmm. It's calculated by dividing the weight by the square of the height, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so BMI of 25 indicates an individual has, has been overweight. Yeah. Okay, BMI of 30 indicates the person is obese. Mm-hmm. 40 or more is considered stage three obesity, also known as morbid, morbid. obesity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my question is, with obesity rising- What does the word morbid mean? Morbid like that. Morbid like very, I think it's like very bad. Definitely. Or if something's morbid, it's like, yeah. I guess. Oh, they could, they're so obese they could die from this. Yeah, when you talk about morbidity and yeah, mortality, it's, it's, it means it's, it's, it's yeah. in bad shape. So <laughs> right. the question is, in 2013, the American Medical Association designated obesity as what? A disease. Yes. Okay? 100%. It's defined as a chronic, relapsing, multifactorial, neurobehavioral disease. Yeah, disease wherein an increase in body fat promotes adipose tissue dysfunction. Adipose tissue, yeah. And abnormal fat mass, um, physical forces, et cetera, et cetera. So what is your opinion of that? Is obesity a disease? What do you think? 100%. Yes. yes. Okay, we're gonna have some debating. Okay. Here we go. Wait, now just lay out why you think it's a disease. Okay, so what's the definition of a disease? All right, so we just went over that. That's a good question. Multifaceted, so. what was it? I'll find the exact, no, no that, was, that was for reading? obesity. I was reading for obesity. Right, oh. so so, it, so why is obesity a disease? It, it has it causes itself and it causes a lot of other things to happen in the body. So, uh, I mean, I work in anesthesia now. Obesity is the most common and 
most horrible thing that you can have going into a procedure on your anesthesia. It's going to cause so many other problems for you. And it causes heart disease, causes diabetes, causes strokes, causes death. I mean, it's okay, the, the question is, where does it come from, right? Is part of it DNA? Is it both? Genetics? What yeah. is it? The, a, lot of, a lot of the genetic component of obesity has to do with like uh, leptin, which is a hormone that your fat cells make. And um, the, the deficiencies in leptin or proteins that make leptin. Is leptin the, the um, hunger? Yeah, so it's a whatever. I never say that word. It, it, yeah, you, it stops you. you from being hungry <laughs> and it tells your body that you don't need to eat anymore. Right. So that's what they're linking a lot of the genetic factors and the uh-huh. genetic predispositions to obesity. But having said that, that's just, you know, focusing on that stuff is just going to give you an excuse to, cha- right. to not change okay. the things have, that you should can. You, should you have the excuse that it is a disease? It doesn't okay, matter. so you heard Lee's opinion, which is very valid. All that stuff is valid. Now let's hear Dick's opposing argument. So I, I, that's not opposing. I agree it should be uh, labeled as a disease. But um, I, it, that definitely does not give anybody an excuse to say, I, uh, I, I just have this disease. Like, I have lung right. cancer. As a result, I'm, obviously. I'm screwed. You, there's, it's... There's a very, very, very clear path in how to fight obesity, right? And that is with um, <coughs> caloric intake control mm-hmm. and behavior. exercise. Same and exercise. Behavior. Yeah, it's behavior. Right. Exercise. So there's the there's the right. well, there's a result I mean, basically. Made it sound the, there's the result that the idea of obesity is caused by insufficient willpower, lack of discipline, and bad choices to 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 you know to begin to transform. So the whole yeah. point is that it makes yeah. you it gives you an alibi, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it does and it's the same for any other disease. People say, "Oh, my my parents had diabetes." What's the what would be the pros of labeling a disease though? Right. That's the question. Medically. You, um, the, the I'll tell you right now, the pros of labeling obesity as a disease is, is to get funded by the insurance right. to get treatment for it. Nutrition counseling, mm-hmm. now people can get nutrition counseling. Which is an overall pro, right? That, yeah, like, so we definitely want that to happen. a pro. Yeah. You can, help, you can yeah. help other people to get covered. I mean, I, I will keep my opinions about bariatric surgeries to myself, but that's how they're getting that covered. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it has to do with monetary issues. So next time I, I feel like, yeah, next time it's a positive. Even if we might not agree on the ideology of why it, it should be diseases or not, and people get excuses, but um, net po- there's a net positive effect of this where now they're going to get professional help. Yeah, and, and it is a disease. It just how, is. how would you treat that? How would you treat that? How would education. you treat education? Di- yeah, education, <laughs> diet, exercise. There is no other magic way. Okay, so let's talk about that magic way. We're, new, we're <laughs> transitioning into... Do you have a magic way? The first big part of our podcast, which is dieting, right? Mm-hmm. We, took, we think about what the dieting industry has grown to, $66 billion of pills, promises, powders, yeah. pro, you know, things that, that, that don't make any sense, but since you're in this circumstance, you believe them and you buy. Brian, what do you got? Um, questions for our two medical professionals here. Do you, in your mind, I think a big issue in today's world is that People don't look at, people, I'm not saying Bones here necessarily thinks this, but. You did? Yes. No, I don't think, mm-hmm. there's no, but what he was getting at, what I think a lot of people think is that people don't think of being overweight as a disease. They think it's a part of like a willpower in a person, right? So for you two, is there like a contrasting difference in your mind between someone who's obese and someone who, let's say, develops cancer? Because that, I don't think anyone in the world would say is someone's fault, right? That's just something genetic that someone gets. 
So would you say like they're in, both in, diseases? So they're, I, they're both diseases. So do you have a? Do you do you compare them in your mind in terms of like one is a lesser degree of a disease than the other? So no, I don't because I work in the field and I see what obesity does and. Uh, just the fact that obesity is a little bit more modifiable than maybe cancer is doesn't change the fact that people people think that people just get cancer. Actually, you know, obesity itself has been linked to at least ten different cancers. Right, you could smoke a lot, you could eat a lot of sugar. There's yeah, a lot of and and people you know judge people people judge smokers that end up with lung cancer. So how can you not judge people for being obese when they end up with breast cancer? The predisposition of obesity to breast cancer is, you know, I think ten to tenfold. Okay, with that, we're going to go into the next topic. Okay. Obesity, as I mentioned, leads, or at least the people that are obese are... are dieting. Are in, yeah, are, are fell, fell, fall victim to this world of dieting. Um, I want to talk about a couple things, right? The, the, the losing weight promises, right? The 10-minute abs, all those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about two aspects of this. So the first aspect is the actual diets themselves, right? So I want to talk about Atkins. I want to talk about the different, the different um, actual... Diets you've seen out in the world, the paleo. I've, just give I've me a couple, and let's an, let's analyze so, each one of them and see how legit they are. Like so, before we start with the specific diets, what makes a diet successful? I think that's a very important. Um, well, I want to flip it. I want to say, why do diets fail? Yeah. So, the answer to this to both of them is the same: sustainability. If it's not sustainable, you're not going to be successful in the long run, and you can you know. No, but look, biologically, why do they work? What what about a diet makes it work? Everything is about a caloric deficit. Right. So we have to first less, define that. Any of these Atkins, any of these uh, Weight Watchers, whatever you want to call these diets, Every they diet all work because you're, you ha- you're in a deficit, right? You're, you're using more energy, total daily expenditure, is higher than what you uh, put in your body. So any diet that allows for that, whether it's cutting out fat, whether it's cutting out carbs, the kind of red meat completely, whatever it is, if you're in a deficit, you're going to lose weight. If you're in a surplus, you're going to gain weight. So... Now, we guys, I guess we talk about each one specifically and say why, why do people maybe succeed on this versus another diet. That, that's a, that could be a talking point. Yeah, so I'm not for any diet or lifestyle that is not sustainable. So you're going to tell me to only eat meat or to cut out meat. I've, I'm not someone that's willing to do that right. for, for the next 50 years of my life. It's not something that I'm going to even start with. Okay, is that, the question is, is it unsustainable because it's not nutritionally sustainable or because it's just willpower? Like you don't want to deal with this for 50 years. For me, it's mostly willpower, but there are diets that I think of that are not nutritionally sustainable. Oh, like I guess any juice cleanse bullshit. Yeah, the juicing, the juicing is bullshit. Juicing strips your, your, I mean, first of all, fruits and vegetables just don't have everything that you need, but it also strips all the fruits and vegetables of its fiber, which I think, you know, I'm the fiber person now. So can we talk talk about that? Mm -hmm. The, The F factor? Yeah, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we can talk about F Factor. So I I lost a lot of weight on F Factor. Tanya, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> shout out. Shout, shout out, out to Tanya. You want to share like the F Factor? Want to share the results or no? <laughs> yeah, I lost seventy pounds wow. so far. Yay. Round of applause. And the whole basis is uh, keeping your carbs low and fiber and subtracting your fiber from your carbs to get a total, you know, less than 35 net carbs. So it's all about carbs. It's all about carbs. Um, She does kind of go around limiting your protein, limiting your fat, but it's nothing, it's not a restrictive diet. It's a lifestyle. You can go out to eat, you can travel the world and and eat this way. It's funny though that you mentioned it's all about carbs while a diet like Atkins, I think its whole goal is to cut carbs, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and this is all about carbs. Atkins exactly. is what they call now keto. Keto? keto right, to so just eat more calories and supposedly you lose weight. Yeah, so right. it is very similar to keto, but the difference is keto, I don't think they eat you know many carbs at all. They don't really right. eat any carbs. So, so that, you have to be in a state of ketosis where ketones You're in a state of ketosis, body. so this is not that. So We're not I, getting too deep into this, don't worry. Okay, the basic yeah. question is why do some diets, like Dick mentioned, how, why do some diets work for some people and not for others? You know, it's a good question. I think like every body is different and I don't think there's going to be one diet that works for everyone. But um, I think if you do something sustainable and that's something where you're not going to cheat every weekend and you're not going to keep going back to old ways and you just do it from from here till the the rest of your life, that's the diet that's going to work. It's a big commitment. Um, One I think is really successful is if it fits your macros is kind of what I subscribe to where you're going a, a step deeper than calorie counting. You're counting your uh, macronutrients, so proteins, um, carbs, and fats, and you're kind of getting a good level of each. Now, that le- lets you eat whatever you want, really. You can have a donut, you got ice cream. Um, as long as the total sum of your macronutrients gets to your goal, you get, you're ready, pretty much no holds bar. So people find that very, very sustainable because now they're counting calories, but they're also getting the health of the breakouts right. and able to eat whatever they want. So think about that. In 25 years, you're able to still do this because if, you're, if your um, palate changes, right, so you want more salty things mm-hmm. and more fatty things, right. you can make it work with your macronutrients. So yeah. you never um, will fall off the wagon in that case. And if you do, you, you could just get back on and, and live your life the way you want to as opposed to cutting out an entire food group from there. Yeah, but something like that wouldn't work for me because I'm the type of person that – you know, I had a friend that does this. She, like, measures her food every single morning. Like, yeah, I don't want to measure does. my food. I want to go on vacation. I want to go out to eat all the time. I want to just live my life, and you I don't want to be counting. Time. I don't count calories. I don't count right. macros. I don't count anything. So the it's only thing I count is carbs, too. and carbs is an right. easy thing to count. And you can Do you eat. track your food? I don't track anything, no. So how do you count carbs? Like, you mentally just... Just yeah, so in, in in the beginning you can, but all you're counting is your carbs and your fiber. You're not counting anything else. You're not counting calories. You're not. Counting the reason fat. I say the reason I ask you if I could track because all it, it's as simple as um, entering the amount you ate into a fitness app or my fitness pal, and it's going to tell you know, exactly the macro breakout. You have to you have the to issue stuff. I think more with maybe more with girls Laying. than with guys is that that creates an an unhealthy relationship with food. Okay, interesting. And that was you know I've I've been doing the mind fitness pal for many years, and it just right. creates a, an unhealthy relationship with food where you're constantly obsessing, constantly thinking about the next meal. See the number, yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that topic. It's very for a second. liberating. I also think it's pretty interesting that before this, you get into that, I want to talk yeah. about we have slightly different perspectives because the way when I count and uh, count uh, macros and all that stuff. The goal is performance. Yeah, of course, I want to look good and have a six-pack, but I want to feel good overall and perform well um, with my lifting, with whatever. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lee, but I feel like it's more, yours is very much appearance-based. So, the yes, you want to be toned, but the losing the weight part is yeah. more important. Yeah, I think we're coming from two totally different places right. of, of dieting and looking good. Um, I'm coming from a place of wanting to lose weight and not being happy with the way... I look and you just want to be more toned, which I'm not negating that, not but for people that are overweight, weight. it's yeah. a different ballpark and it's a lot harder Understood. to lose and, weight. And as, and as uh, Bone said in the beginning of the podcast, there are way more overweight people in America for sure. and the world than, than people that want to so have I wanna move in. body fat. Yeah. <laughs> I want to move into, it's kind of interesting to me how there's a constant fight between the dieting industry trying to cut calories and the food industry trying to pump us pump, pump us up with more. Are they? Um, yeah, for sure. So as the industrial revolution- the food industry just- 
Well, oh, I see what you're saying. As yeah, the Industrial yeah. Revolution came, yeah. increases food production, right. and to the point where, you know, what I say, one third, one third of America is obese. You have TV shows like The Biggest Loser. Yeah. I don't know if you guys uh, want to talk about Biggest Loser for a second. They looked into the, the contestants six yeah. years. Yeah, back. Sure six years. Good. Six years is not a long time, right? Six years after the show, they regained two thirds of their weight. And yeah. these guys were more believable. Yeah, well, because they don't have someone on top of them making them work out all well, day that's not and why. Like, eat the way that they're eating. The, the biggest loser fucked them up because what they did was they put them on extreme caloric deficits right. with extreme amounts of cardio. Steady state cardio that would just burn calories. All they're, they're, I'm so against they cardio, net, but I think we can They had a zero-sum game because what all they all they wanted was the scale to go down. So, very simple math, right? If you're burning a shitload of calories and eating 800 calories a day, you're going to lose weight. What happened was their metabolism, because they built no muscle and just lost weight completely, their metabolism slowed significantly. When they got off the show, they would eat the same amounts that they were on the show. They would need to then run for five miles just to burn it up right. because their metabolism would barely – Let me talk about metabolism. Let me just down. define it for the people who don't know what that means. It's basically the energy – We're not doing the seventh grade. Tell me if I get this right. The energy used to burn food, yeah. right? Is that yeah. it? Yeah. So how do people have faster metabolisms than other people? So they've, they've done studies on this. Faster and slow metabolism is a shit excuse as to why you could gain or lose weight um, easier than others because the – difference in let's say if somebody with a really fast metabolism and they've done studies on this to a very slow metabolism is like 200 calories a day think about 200 calories that's like a bag of potato chips right it's nothing so to say oh he's skinny because he has a fast metabolism is bullshit could you define what that means what does fast metabolism actually mean What's your metabolism? It's your basal metabolic rate. It's, right. it's, you're burning it's calories the faster. Of calories that your body is needs. Is that because you're more active? Is that why? Is it, it has to do with activity. It has to do with your right. th- uh, thyroid hormone levels. It has to do with a lot of hormone levels. When we say body. faster or slower metabolism, we're talking about the genetic component but where agreed, you're lucky. It's not an excuse. Yeah. Also make yes. Somebody, so a little birdie spoke about that. Okay. I, I so you mentioned. I don't want to get too sciencey, but I just want to explain this to people. Your body needs sugar to live. Carbohydrates, they break down to sugar. Muscle, your muscles are what's glucose. Glucose, yes. Your muscles store your glucose. Glucose is stored in your muscles, also your liver. So the more muscle you have, the more room you have to store that glucose. And the less muscle you have, the less room you're going to have for it. So that, I think, plays a huge factor as well. And then we could get so into So you the want whole... people to have a great relationship with food? Yeah. And for the first time. Segway. For the first time in my life, I do, and I never did before. So yeah, I think that's so important, and that's what's gonna make you be successful in your weight okay. loss. All right. So last, last uh, overall tips when it comes to dieting. What do you What do you recommend? Before you recommend? I get to that, yeah. Lee also brought these smart sweet gummy bears. Significantly worse than the gummy fish. So really, I like that. They're so chewy. They're really bad. Really. Bad. <laughs> All right. So okay. Give me some. <laughs> but just to finish this topic off, okay. and then yeah, we're gonna go, go into a little uh, a little hot topics, and then a little music break, but. Um, but you talked about the, the leptin levels. Yes. Yeah. Okay. At the end of Biggest Loser, you could barely measure them. And so, so not, all only, not only was their metabolism so low, they, they were extremely hungry yeah. the entire time. So yeah, just give me your tips, right? Last parting gift. Give us your tips. How should one person structure their diet? Does it, is it depend on their blood type? Is it depend on their body type? What do you, give us some like tips. How much biomarkers, I guess, take into effect? Eat, eat, very real, food, eat real food, eat whole food, cut your portions. I mean, portions is like number one in my mind. 
Americans are eating way too much. And yeah, it's what works for you when what's important oh, for you. Like, for me, for me, it wasn't about like I didn't care for the donuts or for the the, the sweets or for right. the bagels. Like for me, other things were important. So I make those. I love to drink. So I made sure that drinking was something that I would never get rid of in my diet. Because that's what would be sustainable for me. So yeah. Stick, parting, parting words. What do you got? I agree with that. But I think we, we talked about it before. Sustainability is one. Education is the other. Start, I, I advise you, whatever diet you want to do, start tracking your food for maybe a week or two just to get an understanding of what you eat every day. Mm-hmm. And, and then it may, might make you more inquisitive to like how the body works with food. But if you don't ever do that, then you have no concept of what this cake is versus um, some healthy bar, right, that has the same amount of calories. So to you, you're, you're, you're um, at the whim of the marketers who say something's good or bad. But if you get educated and start to uh, inquire about your just uh, overall food habits, then you're in control. You're, you're driving the bus there. Okay, with that, beautiful words. We're going to go into Thank a little you. music break, and we'll be back. Not the best transition, uh, but the, uh, we're the, back. Uh, that, 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 that one had the best transition. By the way, I just want to Welcome remind you go to Spotify to find uh, the Big Takes of Dick and Bones podcast, where all these fire jams live and you can listen to them. That had so much potential, but it didn't work out. We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, so Big so Takes weird. of Dick and Bones, episode number 24. 24. Yeah, the, Kobe, the Kobe edition. We're back with well, our girls, Natalie and Lee. And we're talking about Natalie. the second part, the second part of this conversation, mm-hmm. which we spoke about nutrition. We spoke about dieting. Actually, quick, quick, because it's not this topic, but quick reaction uh-huh. to lap bam surgery. What do you think? Listen, it works for some people, but I don't think it's the answer. I think people really need to give diet and exercise a bigger try. The, the amount of complications yeah, that of complications, happen that's what it is. after bariatric surgery Not a good idea. Is, is just Okay, really and sad. then next flash reaction to Impossible or Beyond Burgers. We just actually came from dinner where we had the Impossible Burger. It was really, yeah. I'm all about real food. It was food, really good so. texture, but... It's not me. Like it's just what's in bad. it? What's in it? That's the problem. Right. So this it's is not these meat. are the facts, right? And Five times as much sodium. Exactly. Same number of calories as a regular brother. Uh, so it's not healthy. Big deal though. No, but listen, it's not healthy. It it's not healthy. And it's attracting investors by the billions. So talk to me about what what the future of that industry. What does that look like? I think I think I think it'll be a, a trend and it'll be in and out because people are starting to get more educated on looking at their food products and what's in their food and hopefully. Right. So you don't this, think in like 50 years, like no, no one's eating meat? Oh, meat, yes, but this is not meat. Yeah, no, I'm saying, so do you think that it, it's going to be so popular that we're going to grow our own burgers and that's, that'll be that? There's no, uh, no, no need meat, to slaughter meat, cows. Meat will always be around. So um, there's, I guess there's a, diff- a bunch of different issues with the whole meat conversation. But if your, your argument is going to be it's not sustainable, uh, I'm going to 
quote Snowpiercer here, uh, very, very cult classic with Chris Evans. The most efficient source of protein is grasshoppers. So what they did on this, it was a train that was just looping around the the world. What they gave the poor people were these energy bars. The energy bars were just crushed up, all the bugs crushed up together because of a great source of protein. So if people, and I think people in like Asia already eat this stuff. If you could switch mindset from that, you don't have to then jump to like some soy bullshit manufactured thing in a plant. You can then eat the bugs, but... That's a little far, I think, for most people's Bottom line, 50 concepts. years, does the meat industry change? No, nah, I think it's still there. It changes, but it's still going to be there. What's wrong with meat? That's what I have to ask you. I think, it's unsustainable is the whole point. I think that... Brian, I don't think it is unsustainable. What's unsustainable, it's unsustainable to the planet? I think, I think the food industry will change more for that reason. I think yeah. we're too many people. There are going to be too many people on the planet. It's really hard to create meat. One of the largest sources of methane on the planet is cows. Cows. And <laughs> that's not true, first off. Yes, it is. The, okay. The methane from, from animals, I think, is less than 2% of the whole methane in the world. Pretty large. Pretty the, large where, where's, the, where's the most coming from? On cars. So shouldn't we then change to all um, um, energy? What's it called? Uh, electric like Teslas? Cars? Yeah, electric yeah, cars. Yeah, called Teslas. We are. Right, but, but should it be outlawed at this point to have a gas running car? It should be. Have you not heard the political discourse in this country? They're trying to outlaw... If it was up to Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, then... How did we get here, by the way? I don't know. We got to bring it back. We're bringing it back to our next topic. This is not a political podcast. Not a politics podcast. We're going into exercise, right? Everyone always says, how does a diet succeed? How does does diet succeed, Uh, Brian? Brian? Not by exercise. It's it's about diet and it's about exercise, right? So talk to me first. Yeah, 90 Two parts of this, right? Two parts of this. One is workout products. And the second is actual videos and, th- and uh, you know, activities, right? Mm-hmm. So talking about the products, the QVC, $4 billion industry, started from what? The, the 1960s, they had vibrating belts, right? The thigh master. Uh, yeah. Susan Summers, Those right? In the 80s, true. the Those thigh master, that revolutionized this industry. Uh, now you think of um, ones like Bowflex or Shake Weight, right? The things that, I, I wish I had a stat on this. Yeah. The amount of, the percent of, of, uh, of people that use a Bowflex Five times after they buy it, probably zero. I mean, like Bones' is, Bones' family falls into that category. <laughs> we then. have a Bowflex. <laughs> so, talk to me about that industry. Are you are you upset at that industry? Do you think that they're false advertising, or they're just trying to make a quick buck, or do you think some actually have merit? I definitely think some have merit, but um, I I'm not a product person. Like, you can use your own body weight to achieve any results that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. You don't need yeah. a product. So, the way toning or getting strength or any progression really works. Is it's just that it's it's a uh, progressive overload of the muscles. So if you're getting that from body weight stuff, so like you could be doing a three by five sets of push ups, right? And how do you increase the progressive overload? You continuously increase reps three by six, three by seven, four by six, four by seven, um, and that'll ultimately. So with body weight, it works. With with um, actual barbell and and weight, it works. With endurance type of stuff it works right so anytime you're progressively overloading now do the machines do that that's what you have to ask yourself does these machines have a progressive overload component and would that allow them to work sometimes the bullflex does technically but people just put it in their basement don't really look into how how much uh, how to use it and then it, it's wasting money just like gym membership right that's how the overall gym um yeah the cheaper ones right yeah the the, the chain gyms that's how they function they expect right. you not to show up so I don't think... So January is a big month for them because New Year's resolutions... Oh, big resolutions, time, big time, big time. 
Right, but they're so, actually they're not I really think servicing all them. Customers. All of them technically they have all these work. On-demand apps and stuff. One of which I use, and I think that's revolutionized the workout. So that's an app. Well. But talk to me about a product. Dick, you yeah. mentioned yeah. does so does one of these do one of these products actually have merit in that way that it would. So yes, yeah, so you so you have to think that is there progressive development. So like the six minute abs, I don't know the actual program that they probably give you when when they sell you the thing, but un- unlikely if you t- to be able to improve in six minutes a day. You you'll hit a plateau and you can't do any anymore. Right. But a bull a bull flex, a uh, changeable a dumbbell, a um, uh, resistance band shake weight, sort of shake thing. Weight. So shake weight. The only progressive overload there would be to do it for longer. So the shake weight doesn't really like what you just sit there for fucking three hours jerking <laughs> off. Uh, imagine you're jerking okay. off something. So yeah. So, so what do you think about that? Like I, I would disqualify those things, but there's definitely some on the uh, on the market that are uh, legitimate products and good products. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Dick. Um, I the only products I use are two pound weights, a resistance band, and a ball. So, and I make it work, and I use it all the time. So based on that, I want to move into uh, workout videos, right? So we're talking about P ninety X, right? We're talking about Tony Horton. By the way, P ninety X, yeah, ninety day program, right? This guy Tony Horton grossed more than five hundred million dollars. Since 2003. $500 million. Isn't that incredible? Making a video with you jumping around. Okay, so based on that, um, you mentioned uh, workout uh, equipment and things like that. Um, I recently started this thing, Insanity. Sean T. I was talking about it at dinner and it's no equipment whatsoever. It's all body weight. And I'm telling you this, if if they're trying to appeal to the general public with this. Just fucked it up. (laughs) It does not appeal to the general public because me, I consider myself pretty athletic. Yeah, you are. I am struggling through these things. Yeah, I was struggling as well. Yeah, I agree. I don't think a lot of them are attainable, but I mean, there are there are other ones. Like I do exhale on demand. It's far Pilates. They have some cardio. And I think anyone that wants to do it can do it. I think it's super hard. I've been doing it for two years and I still don't feel like I'm keeping wow, up with every the day? people in the videos. I do now like three days a week. Because I'm just busy. Because those people didn't take two years to get to the, where they are in the video. Those people took uh, entire like adult lifetime right. to, to be able to uh, right. to be at that point where doing the video is easy to them. I just think, it's, I think I just the goal think it's is funny. not to keep up. By the way, it's, I think oh, it's funny. Oh, you're supposed to fail? They, they, they draw the program to fail? I think it's funny in that the, ways, in, yeah. the, in the program, it's all, it's all what, who, are the, who are the people dancing with the guy and working out with the guy? Fitness models. Yeah. yeah. Skinny, perfect posture, everything. That you could be there soon. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what is the, what's the logic in that it's type building of market? Building the dream. What, I, I what think do you think it's interesting? Wouldn't it be interesting if there was like a, a regular dad bod guy in one of these videos? Like, yeah, would you so like, like it more? Would you, would no, you, you like less? It no, obviously not. You want to see the see perfect body because that's what you aspire to be. But you also want to mix. You also want, like the XL on demand is a live right. class. So a lot of people in those actual classes are really fit. But then you always have a couple of fat people or mm-hmm. out of shape people that can't keep up. And you know what? That makes me feel better when I can't keep my five-minute plank. And they're struggling ah, too. So you, so you need to have good enough looking people but still keep you – keep that dream attainable. Attainable, yeah. yeah. With, it's with good the, to have less, both. Yeah. I think if you really want to do good marketing, you need both. Um, based on that, I wanted to ask you a question we asked a guest – uh, a couple podcasts ago, it was uh, Catwoman. Yeah. And we asked her, how, I mean, you, I, made, I mentioned it in the intro, but you are one of the most driven people I know, oh, man you. or woman. And I always wanted to ask you this question, how do you achieve a goal? Like, what, what processes in your mind do you set for yourself to say, this is my goal, I'm going to attain it? Because we're going to talk about Lee in the second half of this podcast, but 
anything she set her mind to, she attacked. So talk to me about setting goals and accomplishing them. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to have a generic answer, but you need to have you need to have that main goal and then you need to make small goals to achieve your goals. Right. That's, that's exactly what we're talking about. When I was trying to lose this weight, like, yeah, I had, a, what, like almost 100 pounds to lose. So that's my main goal. But if, if I wake up tomorrow and say, oh, my God, I have to lose 100 pounds. The scale's never going to drop 100 pounds that? in one, one so day. So yeah. my goal was that, in, and, you know, every week I was going to weigh myself and every week I was going to lose two pounds and that was my goal. And then you have a monthly goal, and then you have, you know, a quarterly goal and a yearly goal. And I think that's the best way to do it. That's the way yeah, I'm successful. Yeah, we agree. We said that. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you could have a, a, a big macro goal, right. but unless you break it down to micro goals, you're never going to get so, there. So yeah, I, I want to draw this to uh, Abundance, I, this I book Abundance that I'm too. reading. And Abundance, it's all about the end of the world people, right? The guys that say, oh, there's not going to be enough water, enough energy, etc. And so abundance goes in and disproves every – it doesn't say these aren't problems. It says these are problems, but with technology and innovation, we're going to solve all of them, hmm. right? So it said part of the problem, part, part of the reason people who say the world's going to end say that is because of this, this topic we're talking about is seeing the end, seeing the solution to your problem. So think about like if I say, you know, you, you know I, uh, the challenges that you're going you're gonna pass to your, pass your math test tomorrow, let's say, right? Yeah. You know the steps – you know the steps involved in attaining success at that goal, right? You know you have to study. You know you have to do this and this and this, all these steps to get to that goal. And so you accomplish it. But when I ask you, how do you solve world hunger? Right. It's daunting. You, yeah, you, it you is really Your mind doesn't, 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 doesn't function the same else. way, right? Because yeah. you don't have any path there. So this whole book is trying to disprove that. It's trying to say, these are the paths. Now visualize it. Now stop saying the world's going to end. Yeah, no, I don't agree. Like, you can have a global goal, but you have to think local to get global. That's, I don't agree with that. Yes, well, you don't, I, I think, I think that, that book was making the point, no? Oh, I thought it's dispelling that point. No, it's is saying, it, it's it saying. Is it that point, or? You have to start local. The, 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 it, it shows the problems, and it shows why they're, uh, why you could, we could overcome them, and it breaks right. it down into specific. Oh, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's. Okay, we're going to move into our next topic. Before we do, I want to just go into fitness in general. We yeah. have Dick here, longtime CrossFitter, personal yeah. trainer. Yep. Let's talk about, personal training, let's yeah. talk about what, how a person should approach fitness, cardio versus weightlifting. Okay. Give me the breakdown. Give we, me literally, the we literally like, uh, jumped off a perfect ramp for this topic, which is goal setting. And... You have to first define your goal in the gym. What do you want to be? You want to lose weight. You want to get uh, bigger, right? You want to look like a bodybuilder. You want to uh, be able to run a marathon. When you define that goal, you could then tailor the perfect training program for that person. So it, it's, it's really, really dependent on that. Now, if you want to just look good naked, the best way to do that is to have a proper diet, which you talked about. So either mac, mac, um, um, yeah. counting your macros or uh, doing something with uh, you know, F factor where you're specifically trying to get one food group or, you know, whatever it is, um, you, I've, I've lost my turn of thought when, when these guys walked in, somebody picked me up. Talk about cardio versus weightlifting. Cause I have yeah. a lot to say on that. And although we do. Oh, right, right. right. So things, let's just want to look at naked. You take, you take a diet that you're pairing, right? The uh, succeeding on a diet and you will take a, a uh, good training program, which for me, I think is barbell training, weight training, and uh, 
getting enough protein in per day. That's what I would say because they're, they're progressive. We talked about before progressive overload and it's very easy to see the improvements. And also a big factor with barbell training is you start to get goals outside of food and dieting and looks. You start to get um, performance goals. So I want to be able to squat the most weight. So now your mindset totally shifts from something that might not be healthy, obsessing over calories, obsessing over body image to now – uh, function, function right. a number on the on the bar. How part much of, uh, I lift? Part of um, CrossFit's goal was to say, imagine you have all these different people in the army, all these different people on a football field. Yeah, I want them to do the same the same task equally well. Right, right. So you have like jack of all trades. Right, exactly. So jack of all trades. Talk about so, what what drew you to CrossFit in general. So, actually, the, the reason I chose CrossFit was because my father's coworker recommended it to him, and t- I tagged along, and then um, I love the the uh, competitive aspect of it. There's like there's a, there's scores for everything and it's very fun to be side by side with some. It's I came from playing basketball and at high school level and and playing sports leagues all the time. So after that, you kind of still want that competitive fire. If I see Bones' score on the on the workout that day was six minutes, I want I want five fifty nine or lower. You know, like there's the competitive aspect of it. So that's yeah, it's kind of like the that. difference between flywheel and soul cycle. Yeah, like yeah. flywheel is all about competition. They have a score on the board. Yeah. Soul cycle is just more about inclusivity. You know, you just want to be part of a group. Right. Is that is that, uh, is that a reason people do a certain hundred percent? Yeah, hundred percent. I always liked flywheel better because I also enjoy the competitiveness. So you're not into the soul cycle, just being part of a group. Doing no. it together, so I think no. But if you, if you could do, if you could get both of those things, that's the sweet spot. Right. And I think that's why CrossFit took off a little bit. I think now our theory is picking it up. And what was that a uh, uh, Australian one? There's one more that like this circuit training. No, it's not a cycling thing. But oh. um, they're building the 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 competitive and athletic aspect of it with the community aspect of right. it. When, especially when whenever any workout that kind of gets you dead at the end, when you're you're suffering with friends. You become right. stronger community. It's also there. been more more emphasis on suffering in general. People love going to these boot camps where they they literally get pounded to the floor. Yeah. So people are looking for. But now, things, but now, right? why why does insanity maybe fail? Because you're suffering alone as opposed to <laughs> yeah, these things. Yeah, you're suffering alone in the basement, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> fucking dying over your sweat and your your ugly yeah, dad so bod. I'm, by you the way, know? So I'm four days into this thing, and it's really difficult. <laughs> like yeah. I consider myself a good athlete again. I am struggling. So I don't know if it's gonna last for me, honestly. Right. Well, so yeah. that that goes back to my thing, which is sustainability. Like these these things that make you suffer. Like I gained all this weight while doing cardio five six days a week, doing spinning, kickboxing, boot camp, all this other stuff, and I you still gain weight. So if you're looking, but what to did you? Weight, yeah, what did you learn from that? Like, wh- why what did you gain weight? I, what I learned is is that it's all diet, yep. and that you should do you should work out. What number one to keep your heart healthy, and number yeah. two because you enjoy it. You shouldn't do something 100%. that you are not looking forward to that makes you suffer and that makes you feel. Like I think that. everyone's question is what percent of success you know losing x amount of weight or gaining any any specific it's goal based is based out. on diet zero. versus working out I, diet is zero really percent wow. no diet is diet no, diet, diet, okay. diet is really a hundred percent because if you fuck up in that aspect the working out is not going to help you but working out can help you keep motivated and directed yeah towards your goal. so what i was talking about with the, with the other numbers for your heart so heart heart health i mean it's a big so thing to get your we heart rate up to 85 percent of your limit that's a really important for heart health before we go into the break, just your final tips, Dick yeah. and Lee, on people are going out, saying in New Year's, New Year's resolution, they want to be healthier. Start just now. Give us, Start give now. us something that is attainable. Give us tips for the common guy to be more healthy. Do something that you enjoy for working out. If it's 
bar, if it's Pilates, if it's cardio, start with something that you enjoy, not with something that's going to make you miserable. And cut your portions in half. Whatever you eat, just take half of the plate and see where that takes you. So I think that's going to be very hard for people, but I agree with I, your, I agree your physical thing. Find what you like. My tip for diet would be, um, would be to eat real food. Right. Don't count, oh, yeah. don't, uh, you know, stress over calories or macronutrients, whatever. First, fix your diet to eat real foods. If it's more than three ingredients in the, in the food that aren't all single ingredients, if you're eating xanthan gum, your fucking food, right. you're probably awesome. doing but it wrong. But to me, that's not realistic. Because I really have to say something, and I think that... There we go, Taya. Okay, Natalie. You, really, Natalie. you really have to believe that you're, it's going to happen for you because until you don't think that and you don't see it and you don't visualize it, it's never going to happen. So you really have to like be mindful and surround yourself with people and the law of attraction is all so important when you're trying to lose weight because until you visualize that body and you see yourself and you say six months is my goal, this is how much I'm going to weigh, I don't care what anyone says, I'm going to flick them off and I'm going to do it, yeah, you to you're really going to do it. It doesn't matter when it comes to working out or your diet or your nutrition or who's telling you what, obesity, this, cardiovascular, it doesn't matter. Your mind has to be so set in that direction that you're no matter what, every morning, your alarm is going to be set at 6 o'clock in the morning. You're going to go running. You're going to go to the gym. So you're what you're describing you is, have, is... That is the yeah. number one thing. If that gets in your way, you're not going to get anything done. Yeah, and, and to me, you always have to have a wow. tipping point with that. There has to be something that really puts you over the edge. Yes. Like, so I've what, wanted to lose what, weight for and, so many years. And let me add to that, that it's <laughs> so, so important to surround yourself <laughs> with people that are on the same page as you. Like, you Community. want to be surrounded by people like... I don't care if you want to get on Instagram. I don't personally like it, but you know, there's people that show you how to lose weight. You know, you could plant based diets. But that's a whole other topic. health is amazing. She always says, don't get on the scale. You could lose weight if you want to. Just put your mind to it. You know, do meditation, yoga, get to the gym, surround yourself with people that are into CrossFit, whatever it is, and you'll get things done. And okay, before Natalie, you know it, three weeks, one month is going to pass by and you're going to lose the weight. Dick, what do you got quickly? To sum- summarize that, Motivation is going to get you nowhere. Discipline will get you to your goal. That's true. Bang. Bang. Okay, with that, we're going to go into a little music break. And we'll be back with Leora's stories from the ER. Welcome back to Baked Takes with Dick and Bones, episode 24. 24, the Kobe episode. We're back with Lee and Natalie. And I want to talk about something we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Your journey into nursing and healthcare and pharmaceuticals a little bit, right? So hit me with your, first your initial attraction to medicine. Where did it come from? Like what, what, what grew that passion mm-hmm. for medicine? Uh, I think that's my family. Everyone's really basically in the medical field. So, so you kind of just you got born into it. I just got born into it. It's always interested, like all of us. So I figured, why not? And I always wanted to do anesthesia since I found out about it in high school, I think. 
Oh, so there's a whole universe outside of you. So why don't you want to learn the universe within you, right? Like your cells, your tissues, your organs. So important. It's what makes body. us us? Right. So you On want a to biological know how level. to feed yourself? Look, that's so important. Even if you're not a nurse or a physician, you should learn about yourself. Is that so? Is like a doctor is to so biology is to a doctor as philosophy is to a like philosopher sort of thing. I don't know if that made any sense. But like, <laughs> what philosophy does philosophy. is like you look in, in ta- inside saying. into yourself on like a spiritual yeah, level. Yeah, so I'm going yeah. into nursing. Into like a physical not level. Not a physical level. It's not yeah, my yeah. position, but I'm a nursing, yeah. I'm yeah, and that was a little side point. Let's okay, get back, so Lee, let's get back so on track. that was the spark. Talk to me about the journey, the schools you went to. You went to how many schools now? Four schools? <laughs> yeah, well, really. So it feels, it feels like four. Natalie just said she was finishing a final. I, I can't remember the last time I took a test. Yeah. These girls are, well, gotta be are, six, still, six years ago. are still We're doing on. everything that's, that it takes to, to accomplish this, those goals. So my question is, at some, point, at some point in that process, a normal person would say, yeah, this is just not – like I can't put this much work into something – Unless I'm really passionate about it, right? right. Yeah. So is that just the win, fact you know? that every nurse in every hospital is just that passionate about this? No. I don't think so. I mean, you know, you have so many nurses that hate their job and that are burnt out. So I wouldn't that's agree. why they go back to school. I wouldn't agree with that. But um, I'm, I'm in school now for CRNA. Uh, it's certified registered nurse anesthetist. And the path to that is really long. You have to first become a nurse. And then you have to work in the ICU for two years and then apply for a uh, doctor, now they're all doctoral programs. Um, but it's, really it's warranted because pe- when people are putting their lives in your hands, like directly. Yeah. yeah, but it's super competitive. It's a super brutal. You were process. talking about a, an application that had four hundred applicants. Yeah, 15, how many? Fifteen spots. Wow. And I applied to three schools. I got into two out of the three, so I consider myself really blessed and lucky. But people try for a million years. Lucky, she's a genius. Yeah. But um, ace the interview. a lot of a lot of interviewing, a lot you have to take a you have to take a certification test, you know, critical care certification. And it was really Let me ask us. you, what was the hardest part of the whole journey? Think back the school the schooling, the nursing, what's the hardest part about your job that no one realizes at the surface? I think the hardest part is uh, managing the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> no, really, like, you you go through so much every day and, you know, death and loss and, and dealing 24 with hour, 24 families. hour shifts. Yeah, and then so to come home and, like, manage, like, no, we do, yeah, taking coal and the traumas and everything and to come home and just be a normal person and, like, be with your husband or be with your friends or be with your kids, I think that... I think just leaving work at work is probably it's the like most PTSD. Difficult. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of research. You have to compartmentalize, now. right? You're like yeah. setting that off from your life. Yeah. Focus. Keep work at work because there's like death and disease and all that shit, and then be able to still be happy in your day to day life. I think that's super hard, and I, I commend you guys for it. But, but that's totally I think that is the hardest totally part. essential, right? Because yeah. I mean, our job is hard, but once you're doing it every day, it's just it's just a job to us, like it is for anyone else that has a job. So it's amazing that you say that because some of the stories you tell me, I am cringing. And she says it with a, and with she a says it straight face, with a monotone, matter-of-factly voice that just frightens me. I'm like, how can you be oh, talking about this? Off. How can you be talking about this so calmly? <laughs> and she said, yeah, when you see enough things like this, you know, you just get used to it. So. I want to hit on some 
some Leora stories, right? So O R E R, you pick the room. <laughs> give me some. Give me some good stories from the ER. Well, I was just telling them about my vasectomy patient. Oh my <laughs> and this started by which I don't even quoting, think... Started by me quoting uh, Michael Scott. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Yeah, which I <laughs> don't think all, is really stuff. so interesting, but they did, so I'll repeat it. But basically, for all the men out this there, this is the first time I've ever heard. What do you want? If you're thinking of getting a vasectomy, this. Uh, this story it's might make, make you want to think twice. What's so, a vasectomy? Just define What is a vasectomy, yeah, Natalie? Why don't you tell us? <laughs> um, I don't know the exact science behind it, but basically they cut the vas deferens where the sperm is made, and Ooh. they stop the sperm from being made. So basically... Shooting blanks is what they call it in the Yeah, biz. shooting blanks. <laughs> so basically it prevents pregnancy. It's not really 100%, but it's basically almost 100% that, you know, much easier than women going through all the torture that they go through. Imagine that fucking one avoid sperm pregnant, that gets pregnancy. through a vasectomy. So get back to your story. Let her go yeah, back to right? Go back I want to the story. As a kid. Anyway, there was a young man. He was like 35 years old and he had a vasectomy and then him and his wife decided they wanted more children. Snip, snap, snip, snap. So he was coming in to get a reversal. Young, healthy guy. And, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a quick, like, you know, because vasectomies are quick. They just snap it and, right, and go. Right, just reverse so it, easy. Like, I, like, I thought it was going to be a quick button. thing. Rewind button. We put the guy to sleep and... And, uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there behind the drapes as we do an anesthesia and I'm like waiting. I put the guy half an hour, an hour passed by. I'm like, what the fuck is going on over there? Why did they put the curtain? Why can't you watch? Uh, it's a sterile procedure and anesthesia. We're not sterile. So we put drapes up. So uh, we only have access. No, it's not about privacy. It's just one patient. But, but when we put pro- when we put curtains, it's for privacy. No. Yeah. The drapes in the OR are because anesthesia isn't sterile and we only have access to the head at that point. Anyway, so I look yeah. up over the drapes and I ask the surgeon, I'm like, can I just ask what is going on? And I see there's one guy on the right with the right testicle, one guy on the left with the oh, left. No. And they are working like oh, they no. are doing, I mean, like a science, like it's nasty. It's very important. <laughs> Y'all get and this right. You can't fuck this up. You can't fuck this up. And they have those, those huge, like... Very important. Let it go, let it go. They have those huge hats with like the, the thousand microscopes with the eye goggles oh and everything. Working on like max. each testicle. Uh, every like, guy, every guy listening to this is cringing right now. Yeah. Dick, your, your reaction. Oh man, um, I told her to stop the last time she told the story. She finished it this time. I told her to stop for one reason. My balls are fucking oh, tingling. <laughs> you Natalie, are you, are you willing to give us a story from the ER? I don't work in the ER. Oh, from the OR? No. I don't work in the OR. Oh, all right, what are you doing? <laughs> all right. Give us a story from your medical <laughs> practice. No, no. Because <laughs> the Rebecca. She's being okay. Shy. Back to the ER. Right. Give us, give us. Okay, the, so that was one. Give us the then... most heartfelt moment. What was the like, most? Oh God. What was the most impactful to your life I across nursing? Okay. That's it. Okay, so I mean, it's a little like amateur compared to Leora's stories, but I remember when I was when I was working on the floor, one patient called me. And it was like, I was done with my shift. I was tired. I wanted to go home. I already clocked out. Right. Guys like, please come, please come. Older Russian guy, I would say about in his 60s. And so I ran over to him. I said, what's going on? And I saw his legs were all bloody. And, oh my God. Yeah. And I saw that he was scratching himself because he had puritis, which is basically like um, intense inching. Because I think it was from the jaundice because he had liver issues. 
So a whole string of uh, so just blood pooled all over the floor. This is oh, like extreme. He splashed through his le- through the like, skin, through his flesh. Oh man! And I was like, damn, like should I stay? Should I go? I don't know what to do. And what do you mean? How you go? How you leave? I, I was able to, yeah, but like as a nurse, I just felt like that was like I couldn't do that. So I right, went and I, mean, I got the guy, supplies. Would he have died? Wouldn't have died. It wasn't like it wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't bleeding hemorrhaging. Out? Oh, it wasn't bleeding out. Okay. But it was just a point where I felt uncomfortable to just leave him right, there right, as a nurse. Right. So. Um, I went and I got the, you know, the, the wound care and everything and I cleaned him up and I wrapped his feet, which took me like a good half hour because it was just like, yeah, so much blood everywhere. And then at the end I was, I was about to go home and then he started crying. A 60 year old man, he started crying. I started crying and he takes my head like this and he just kisses my forehead and it was like such a bond. And when I went home that night, I was like, wow, like this is why I'm a nurse. You know, it's just the little things, but they That's add wild. up throughout the day. And you're like, you feel so accomplished and so fulfilled with what you're doing. That's amazing. Yeah. So how much, do, how much, how much emotion are you allowed to bring into the relationship, the profession, right? Because right. we were talking about how before how you have to compartmentalize. But that's a story where emotion made you appreciate it even more. So it's like, yeah, it's very is hard. It, you have to kind of chop it in you half. Have where, to. Oh, but if you, you lose, bring the, the, positive if you lose emotion, the patient now. You can't live with yourself if you draw an emotional attachment to every right. patient. Of course, and it's if very hard. If half of them are not going to make it. Half of them, so yeah, some people don't make it. Some people do recover. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's hard, and it's, you know, sometimes you go home and so you think about that, you what that you emotional? went through the day and the family members and wow. the patients that you're in. Sometimes you have 40 patients. You have no other nurses on the floor. You're the only one. You're telling the CRNAs what to do. There's a million phone calls. The physicians are calling you. You don't have time to go to the bathroom. You don't have time to eat lunch. But at the end of the day, you feel accomplished. You feel good about yourself. And there's something, there's just like a spark within you that makes you say like, okay, I could do this. I got it. I'm going to go in tomorrow and I'm just going to learn. And life is a learning process. And that's what's so do you, beautiful. Do you, fight, do you fight that, um, that urge to be emotional? Sometimes. Like, if I come yeah. home and I, <laughs> I'm, becomes, I'm very sensitive. It becomes, it becomes natural. I worked on the ICU for many years in the trauma ICU. So, you know, we had a lot of bad things happen right, and a lot of shocked you- people. And it just becomes a part what of you. What was the worst thing you saw? Becomes what was the everyday. most emotionally tough thing you saw? The most emotionally tough thing, which also has to do with the, my heartfelt uh, moment, is uh, um, this woman that got hit by an Uber driver in the city. And she was brought to us and basically was basically comatose. She couldn't do anything. And she was paralyzed. paralyzed. And all she had was basically her blinking reflex, just blinking. And she had two young kids. Very well-to-do, you know, wealthy family from, from the city. And she was with us for a year. Wow. And the whole time uh, I was advocating for her kids to come and visit, they were two and four. And all she could do was blink. Yeah, and all she can do is blink. And so this is where you have to realize that even when these patients are intubated, they're sedated, they're paralyzed, whatever it is... Um, you never know if they're listening. You never know what they hear. You never know what they remember. So you have and to treat. Are there cases where they come lives. out of coma? Well, listen. And talk about it. Yep. I'm trying to okay, talk well, about well, well. the story. So she, she, I, I was advocating the whole time for her to see her kids, and they, you know, I brought in a child life specialist, and I really kind of went above and beyond because I was with her a lot. How old were kids? Two and four. Wow. And everyone very was saying, oh, if, you know, it's not good for the yeah. kids, and. We don't want kids here and blah, blah, blah. And I advocated and finally went through this whole process, the child life specialist, and brought the kids in. And then the kids would come to visit every week. So that's why I hate. I hate going to the hospital. If I'm, I understand that it makes the person that's in there feel nice. But it's traumatic to me to see, like, people I love or, or that I thought, like, 
in a whole different light in that vulnerable position. Oh, true. On a, on a much, much smaller scale, Dick here had Numor Thorax. Yeah, right? we talked about summer. the Thorax, yeah. And, and Dick, and I went with Haim Rudy to visit. The only friends who came. To yeah, visit. I heavily, heavily appreciated that. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we get there, and it's him and his mom. And to be fair, I didn't really tell many people. But to me, yeah. Dick is always like this hulking figure. He always has perfect posture. Yeah, he's the tallest guy. He's always the leader in the room. Out. And I walk in, and I saw you in a in a in a, in a gown. Yeah. With like a thing in his nose. Out of me. And. And you're weak. It was strange. It was strange to see. Yeah. yeah. And that's how, yeah. you know, families go through that all the time. Anyway, so back to my story. So <laughs> yeah. finally, these kids come and visit, and then they started coming often. And anyway, she was with us for over a year. So she comes back. She finally leaves. She goes to the rehab center. She comes back like a year later to thank all of us. Um, and she's walking and everything. That's amazing. You know. Did you talk about when yeah, she was yeah and she uh, gives me a big hug and she cries and she says thank you so much for bringing my kids she remembered like, everything she rem- and she knew she, she like, didn't remember everything but she's like she remembered her kids being there and yep. that was one of my most heartfelt moments it's amazing yeah I don't um, know if they have the science behind it but I'd love to see like if they have some study where they kind of not test but see if um, the experiences that somebody in comatose has is retained mm-hmm. after they come right. out of comatose yeah, near well, death experience, sort of. I like, mean, like we, tell us what happened on the other side, yeah. or like, was it a dream? What did it feel like? We had people all the time that were like that, and they they do oftentimes remember. I mean, some of them remember nothing, but a lot of them did remember a lot, and would thank us for all the care that we gave them, even though they were totally out yeah. of it. So, I mean, treat humans as humans. It doesn't matter in what state they're in. Okay, amazing. with that, we're gonna move into our second topic. And I want we have a lot of topics here. I don't want to hit them all and hit you know get the surface only. So. Give us your reaction as well as you can of the, your opinion rather of the pharmaceutical industry. You know you have guys like you have like guys like Martin Scarelli, right? Scarelli, by the way, the CEO or I guess former CEO of Turing Pharmaceuticals. September 2015, he receives criticism. Why? Turing obtained the manufacturing license for the anti-parasitic drug Darapim. Are you familiar yeah. with this Darapim? I don't know what you have to explain that. For it me. raised its price by a factor of fifty-six from thirteen dollars to seven hundred and fifty dollars wow. per pill. Okay. He's referred as the most hated man in America. Yeah. Now he went to court. Now he went to court. Are you pro pharmaceutical industry or con? Yeah. So I actually have a lot of. I'm actually very uh, pretty educated in this field. I did a lot of research, but just to go, I don't know anything about this specific um, drug. But when no, you but talk it, about is insulin, it representative of the of yeah. yeah? When you talk about insulin, there's three major manufacturers. Lily's one of the big ones, and in, insulin as well has increased like tenfold in the last twenty years. I think it, the cost in two thousand was fifty dollars, and now we're talking about three hundred dollars. Is there a, a shortage vial. of it? There's no shortage of it. Wow, they basically, it's it. basically a monopoly, and. For the same reason they're getting hit, and I think it's wrong. People can't afford their insulin. People are dying. People are going to the black markets to get their insulin. Wow. And it's a huge problem. And and now, you know, they're passing, I think 11 states have passed so far, drug transparency acts to basically avoid these issues and, and are issuing civil investigative demands to figure out, like, if there's three companies in this specific situation. Um, and and there's there's corruption and there's collusion and these companies are working together to make sure there's no anti like to make to basically they're having anti competitive behavior and making a monopoly. Antitrust. Yeah. yeah, I mean we've seen antitrust in the in the tech world. It's Google the same thing. Google being accused of it. Do you see that happening? A hundred percent. It's really? the same thing. And these three companies they're they're being investigated right now for you know corruption. So this is just a a theory. Okay, don't judge what it, what the contents of it are, but. I have a theory, just not, not really a theory, more of a hunch, that 
the pharmaceutical in uh, industry has the capability or have the drugs, <laughs> have the materials to solve problems, let's say cancer, for example. So you think they have the cure? But they're too busy selling their drugs wow. and they maybe don't release something that's actually a cure to cancer. What do you think about that hunch? Yeah, that could be right. Um, I think we have to. I think we have to also give them credit. And uh, you know, according to the research that's out there, each drug that's produced uh, costs two point six billion dollars in wow. research. So you know, you have to give them credit that that although a lot of it is publicly funded, they're the ones putting putting a lot of that money up. So so it's and not a lot free. Of the drugs don't get approved. Yeah, and a lot of the, of the drugs, drugs are not don't. successful. And they put a lot of money into it. Um, <clears throat> I disagree with what you said. I think that. The like they they just care about the bottom line, mm -hmm. and they care oh, about they, they care business. about meeting earnings for the next quarter. And if you can beat earnings, and if you're a CEO, potentially put yourself in a position to make million, tens of millions, hundreds so of millions of dollars. Right. So that greed yeah, is you, stronger. You, you you don't care, right? Ryan. You're the biggest advocate yeah. for this in the entire world. So if you have if you have yeah. the opportunity to release a cancer drug, no one's not. Nobody thinks yeah. in no no CEO executive thinks in terms of twenty years. Bad if I if I string it yeah. along every five years, I'm, nobody thinks that way. If you have the opportunity to make short term profit, right. you're going to do it. Oh you know, yeah. So, so if somebody wow. so basically what, what Brian said is if you have the cure, you're going to make money. If you have the cure for cancer, you will charge you will charge every single person every last right. dollar that they can pay. So what if what and if you're going to and you're you're, gonna you're a ph big pharma company, you have ten products or whatever it is. They all do different, uh, uh, treat different symptoms. This one cancer pill is gonna Catalyze. fix cancer, and it's gonna Catalyze. make all these treatments uh, um, no, it'll not necessary. Be about making money. It'll so never now, be about but you're, now life. your bottom line is go, is getting lower because your ten other products are out of business because of your the cancer pill. Uh, if there, if that like scenario exists today, I would be extremely surprised. Like I hear what you're saying, yeah. but. I'd be extremely surprised that one that actually exists to the economics would work out that way. And then how do you regulate something that's that expensive? Like we all heard about, you know, that little girl that that just had the SMA, the spinal muscular atrophy, and then there's this, you know, gene therapy. There's there's this miracle one-time treatment that you get. It costs $2 million. Wow, that's crazy. And, I never heard of this. And then there, you haven't heard about no. this? Okay, so uh, spinal muscular atrophy, you know, you have, you're deficient in a protein that your muscles need in order to work. So there is now a drug that's basically a gene modification, and you get a one IV treatment, and you have to get it before you're two years old. It's called Zolgensma. There's a few other versions of it. It costs $2 million, and it's basically- Out of pocket? No insurance coverage? No. No insurance coverage. No insurance wow. coverage. And it's basically a cure. And so now all these new gene therapies are coming up, but then the question is, how do you regulate it? And, and is a rich person's life more valuable than a poor person's life? And there is, yes. And there is 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. You're pricing so, out the poor people. So I, think, so I think there's a moral implication to all this, right? If you knew you had the cure for cancer, and there's gotta be a big team that knows they have a cure for cancer, because in order to cure cancer, you have had to have so many different people touch that project. So. Are all those people really going to hold the secret to themselves? It's wild to think about it, though. So I, I, I think, yes, I think in general humans are more evil than good. Right. I think they are more selfish. But they're not bad. But every, but every, no, right. but also everyone's going to, like, if they find now somehow that the cure came out and you aren't the person that did it, like, that you, you're, you're, your ethical being yeah. and also your reputation goes down What's the drain. What's worse, that or, like, a Nazi officer oh, in the Holocaust? <laughs> what? What, what, like uh, a guy who's a guy who holds back at least helps uh, hold back cancer, yeah, or like a Nazi guy that like. So it's one would be. Act, it's, it's like that's like the classic trade problem which right. we talked about in like the philosophy episode a little bit. It's it, what's worse, 
pushing somebody onto a trolley or um or uh, yeah exactly we had this exact conversation and i remember well you can't compare that. the two yeah that's what i said let me finish the thought so if there's a trolley coming and it's going to run over one of your you know somebody you love or it's going to continue going where it was going before and kill a random person right uh or, or sorry it's going to kill five people, random people. Right, exactly. Are you allowed to pull the, the trigger, the lever, to move it? And most people say no. And they, and as you get more more close to changing somebody's fate and killing them, basically because you're pulling the lever or you're pushing them into the track. You're active. Yeah, the active part is, right. is harder and harder to do. So now in your example, I guess it would be holding back, right. which is holding back cure for cancer versus – uh, killing someone as being right. a Nazi, I think that would be worse. Which the one? killing the killing, Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The like active part of killing. Because, I mean, yes, you could have saved potential lives. Right. No, it's just, just a theory. Okay, we're moving on to the last topic for our break and then the activity. Um, I want to talk about, we mentioned, you know, dieting. Can you do something sustainable? Ultimately, I want to pose the question to you guys. Can we live forever? What do you think? Are we going to be in a, in a position where, you know, I mean, I'll state the facts. I mean, over the last 200 years, the average went from 29 average lifespan to 72, right? But this is the question. And I, again, I was watching Explain this documentary on Netflix, really good. And they posed the question, if our capacity is 120, right? You always hear 120. It's even, the, it's even in the Bible, but it's a medically proven valid goal. Valid, yeah. Why are we falling short, right? Is aging treatable? That's the question. What do you think? Yeah, yeah and I think every year we're, we're coming up with ways to prolong life. You uh, think... Five hundred years down the line, we were eternal. Yeah. We have the the capabilities to be. Yeah, but through like a uploading your consciousness so to the computer. black mirror style. Yeah, or like so uh, the physical traits. Oh, what uh, altered carbon? Right? Yeah, like an altered carbon. Style, yeah, so yeah. the physical traits are are not, or your biological piece is not going to uh, continue. But we're basically computers, and we're uploading our memory into a new host. For sure. Well, that's interesting. Wait, what do you think? Putting all that stuff aside, I I don't I Wait, think sci-fi. I think it yeah, putting the sci-fi aside, I think it'll go up, but no, you'll never be able to do that because every time every time that we're living longer, there's more crap coming out, more yeah. can- more cancers, more genetic stronger, mutations, stronger uh, there's more stronger. more stronger. there's, there's exactly. so much yeah. more now so, that we didn't have. So that'll that'll take people out too. Really so the the classic effects of, of getting older are what? Loss of hearing, sight, memory, focus, yeah, high risk to chronic diseases. Your five heart disease. The cells, by the way, the cells stop doubling after fifty repetitions. So the cold question is, is this something that you could you think will be able to slow down in the near future? Yeah. I th- I'm sure there will be a way to slow I mean, down cell division, cell death. I mean, the, the, the shots that they get for arthritis, right? They're putting stem cells in. Are they? So, you go, yeah, you want to... No, you want to... No? I think there's ways that you could definitely... What about the moral um, implications of, of lengthening life? Moral implications? Yeah, the moral implications. So would you ever want to live... Would you want to live forever? That's I wouldn't want to live forever, but I don't even think that's possible. Yes. I don't think it's possible no, But theoretically, would you want to live forever? I feel like I having a, a beginning, yes. middle, and end to your life makes would, it meaningful. No, no. no, no Ryan, sure. sure. Why? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Because there's nothing after death, so what the hell? Well, that not is, everyone... Is a wow. big take. That's subjective. Maybe what do you think? Um, no, I agree with you. There's a, there's a beginning, a middle, and so end. Even if and you if had you don't the ability have an to end to look forever, forward to... Let me ask you. Even if you had the ability to live forever, you would choose to have a finite amount of time. Yes. So I'm going to make a point, and I, I don't want this to be a religious podcast at all, but whenever somebody thinks of an afterlife, is that eternal? 
So our, our, our religion, are we basically saying we want eternal life? Because personally, I don't want it. I would never want to live forever. Well, For, it, it makes everything... In, a, in, in heaven, where it's like the... Why does that make any better? The state of, of the... the um, natural aspects of what you're living in doesn't matter. Like it, whether it's hell or heaven, anything eternal sucks Why? because we're, we're all relative creatures, right? We, we judge based off of relations to other things. So he- a heaven but could but be the that's, best that's, things, that's... but if it's the best things forever and you have nothing else to compare it to because you're just doing it forever, it just, it gets boring. Right. Like, like just like you, uh, uh, Bones is talking about how he met Michael Strahan in the Disney and it was right. awesome for the first day, but then it boring. sucked. What, what we, See every day right, becomes the norm, that especially for going the back. Every day here is the difference with up there. Why is it? Imagine your best day ever. That's what people like describe heaven as, right? Like you're the best thing you possibly I don't know what it running is. around the puppies. None of us know, but I'm saying anything eternal will always turn out to be normalized. And, Why? And that's not true. I, that's that's how, where, that's where I think. How could something stay improving the whole time if it's the same? Well, we wouldn't know until we're dead. So how are you but fighting? You're just saying you don't know. it's not defined according to like what we're living through here? What if it's different out there? What if it's... So I, I can't comprehend that, so I can only talk right, about so what I know. Right, so because we can't comprehend it, what if it's something that you can't comprehend that really is up there and it is eternal and you would want that? Okay, Your so, soul would want that. Right, so, so now we're getting to spiritual and religion, right, so but that's where we I'm, I'm talking about biology here what, right. or, or what we, things we know. Because I know that there's de- definitely a difference between physically and emotional spiritual beings. So, so you would want to... Okay. You have to separate... Rephrase that question. Would you, you want to forever here. Would you want to live forever here? Here? No. I already answered that. All right. We're going to leave it at that. We're going into our final break, and then we'll be back with a big take activity. Activity time. Okay. We're back. Episode number 24, Big Takes of Thick and Bones. And we're here for everyone's favorite activity time. So yeah. what we're going to do is we have a little experiment. I don't think I ever made it to this where, point. <laughs> where um, I saw this on Ellen, actually. So we're going to start what's called Pitch Please. And, and the game is, the game is, oh, we have, the, we have the game in the background here. So the game is, that yes, but the first game. time okay so the f- first time I saw this I laughed hysterically the game is that I'm going to show you I'm going to show the audience rather a, a product or an item of, of choice and you the salesperson Dick is going to you're going to have to sell this item like an infomercial type without seeing what it is so for example if I say Lee that you're going to sell this cup you can't see the cup. The audience is going to hear the, that the, the, the item is the cup. And I'm going to ask you questions about your product. So, for example, could your product go on your head? Oh, and no, you're, going to you're, the, you're going to be the question I'm here the, or, I, I'm or the question. both other people? No, so one person is the, is the salesperson. We're going to start yeah. with Dick here. Okay, sure. Okay, uh, Dick. Dick, close your ears because we're going to tell the audience. Ears. Okay, go. We're going to tell the audience yeah, 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 what, the, what the word is. The word is lube. Lube. Okay, Dick. Okay. This is your infomercial. So bring the energy. Oh, okay. shit. Tell me, 
Do you use this product a lot in your daily life? Oh, I use it every single day. Every day. Every single day. Don't even. I cannot leave home without using this product. What, you carry it on you at all times? Um, if I need it outside of my morning breakfast, yes. <laughs> oh man, give me an example. Give me like an emergency situation where. You're oh, okay. This. Um, I am in my shower. Yep. Fire. I see uh, it. Fire on the stove. Fire on the gotta, stove. Gotta, 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 it spreads to the whole house. Run out of a towel and gotta and grab this. this item. Oh man. You think it's really effective in fighting fires? Yeah, it's very okay, much so. Okay, just tell me, do you use it with friends? Can you use it socially? You can use it with, with plenty of friends. Do you what? like this accent I'm putting on Austin? I'm not sure about the accent. <laughs> like but you would use yeah, it for like, like your, you know, you would use it for your grandparents or for your neighbors or really friendly. Um, nobody should sub- uh, abstain from using this product. You think your grandma should use this product? Every single day, oh, just like oh me. Oh, man. The, the, the visions in my head. Okay. What is it? What just is tell it? me, just tell me, what's your favorite thing to do with it? And then we'll reveal your... Uh, your your product. What's your favorite well, thing to favorite, do with it? Favorite thing to do with it. Rub it between my toes. That makes sense. Okay, your item was lube. Oh, that actually <laughs> sort of makes <laughs> sense. Really good. Wow. The whole thing makes sense. Except wow. for putting fires out. That made no sense. Whatsoever. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Like, uh, extinguishes the fires. Yeah. <laughs> extinguishes the fires. Well, I did not know it was lube. I, I thought I heard weed, but, um, because I was doing la 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 la, but it, that was perfect. It worked out. Okay, Lee, you're up. You gotta beat that. And I'm the judge and who wins. No, I don't think I can. Though. You can do it. You can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bring the heat. Okay. Bring We're the energy. We're gonna do this one right here. Okay, so you have to, you have to make noise. Okay, you're not going to close your ears. Close your ears. And, and make noise. Okay, the item is nipple tassels. Nice. Okay, <laughs> we're back okay. with Lee. Aura, ready to sell your product. Tell me. I'm a bad salesperson. But Why should true. everyone have this product? Tell me. Everyone should have it because they'll look good, oh, feel yeah. good. Yes, They're going to be their very best nice. from morning till night. Yeah, just tell me, how good. often should you use some of these? All day, every day. All day? Yes. What's like a day. special occasion you'd, you'd wear this? I guess if you're, where you're going to the grocery store, Groceries. you can put it on, Groceries. you're going to a wedding. It's Definitely one of those appropriate. It's very versatile. <laughs> very yeah, versatile. Exactly. So tell me, um, is this a good, good holiday gift? For like your, your oh, nephew. Oh, it's a great holiday gift. Uh-huh, you can uh-huh. give it. For your niece or nephew. That's the thing. It's it's all around. You give it to your grandparents, yep. your kids, <laughs> yep. your husband, the dog. <laughs> the dog. Would you? Would the you, dog. Would you, <laughs> the dog. Would you? Everyone. How much would you pay for something like this? Just tell me. It's it's really priceless. But, but yeah, how much? Give me a sticker. Price that's on sticker. it. Maybe three four hundred dollars. Wow! 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 You're getting really really nice ones. I mean, it's okay. Christmas time. You get final question. Well, a couple more. We'll go with two more. You should use it on a cold day or a hot day. What do you think? Ooh. That's a tough one, but I think if it's really good and I know it is, it'll work with No, no, but what do you... What, but it has to be a specific. You're not wearing heat gear for cold. What, do you, what, are, we, uh, what are we talking about Okay, here? so it's got to be hot then. Okay. It's got to be hot. Okay, last question. How old were you when you bought your first one? How old was I nice when I bought one. my I'm first really curious one? about yeah. this. I'd say when I... When I just got into ninth grade. Ninth wow. grade. Okay, your item was nipple tassels. Uh, <laughs> ninth that's, grade. That's, that's ninth very grade's accurate. Pretty early. Yeah. Very okay, accurate. with that, the winner is yeah. Mr. Dick is the winner. Undefeated. Thank you for joining Bake Takes Dick and Bones. Episode number 24. I want to and Natalie. Happy New Year. In the club. Happy holidays. This, Happy is, the last, this is the last uh, episode. Celebrate your Kwanzaa, whatever Last episode say. for 2017. 20, for 2019. 2017. <laughs> I want to thank you for joining Big Taste of Bones. 2020 mode. I want you to comment. I want you to subscribe. I want you to like. We are out of here.